Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? Are you all right? You're getting on okay? Oh, crazy times. We're living in a weird period of history. I hope you're basically getting on okay. Here where I live in France, the government has just put some new lockdown restrictions in place. It might be the same where you live. It's kind of, it's the second wave, the second wave of COVID-19. And we're all just trying to work out what the restrictions actually mean, because they're more complicated this time. The first wave, the lockdown was like, just stay at home, don't do anything, just don't don't touch anything, disinfect all surfaces. No one, no one leaves the house, was it kind of what it was a bit like. This time around, it's a bit more unspecific. It's going, you could do this if you do that. And if, you know, but it's all a bit more complicated because they're trying to protect the economy as well as, you know, limit the spread of the virus, you know. So we're trying to work out what's going on. I don't want to go on about COVID on this podcast too much, except to say to you, hang in there, everyone, and keep calm and carry on. Check out my episode from earlier this year which is all about language for talking about lockdown and dealing with lockdown, including the word lockdown, if you're wondering what that is exactly. So you could check out, oh God, what was it called? I'm now searching my episode archive for that episode, just in case you did want to hear me talking about it and explaining language relating to, you know, COVID and how to talk about it and all that stuff. Uh, Here we go. There we go. Episode 655 was called Coping with Isolation, Describing Feelings and Emotions. So that's, you know, that's an episode you could listen to if you haven't already done so. But anyway, here is an episode now in which I'm talking on my own, doing a bit of housekeeping. Uh, That's general podcast admin. I'm mainly going to talk about the Wispolep competition, as you can see from the title of the episode. But also I'm going to ramble about a few other things, including teaching you a bit of English, just some simple advice about making polite requests, and also an inspiring message from a listener, and maybe a song on the guitar at the end, we will see. So this is episode, what, 687, and I'm publishing this hot on the heels of the last episode, which was my conversation with Christian from Kangaroo English. That was number 669. Wait a minute, 686. Yes, have you heard that episode? I only published it a few days ago. And I know conventional podcasting wisdom says that you shouldn't really publish another episode so quickly after the last one because the last one will sort of get ignored or lost or forgotten or sidelined as people won't notice it and it won't get as many listens as it should. You know, that's the way it goes with podcasting. You sort of, it's probably a good idea to publish an episode and leave it on the top of the list for a while 
and that way people are going to listen to it if you publish an episode and a couple of days later publish another one then the other one you know the the previous episode goes down to the second place you understand and as a result people sort of don't listen to it and i'd like everyone to listen to episode 686 in fact i'd like everyone to listen to every single episode and every single word i say you i want you all to listen to absolutely every syllable that comes out of my mouth i want nothing but your undivided attention at all times um he said semi seriously he said i'm talking about myself in the third person there it's a it's a weird habit to to find yourself in anyway um yes so uh, anyway i think the last one is a good episode so if you haven't heard it be sure to listen to episode 686 with christian and i say listen to it with christian i don't mean that you have to have christ someone called christian with you like hey christian come over here let's listen to episode 686 no that's not what i mean i mean that the episode features a, a guest called christian from kangaroo english anyway uh there's also a video version of that episode on youtube um it's had a great response actually, with people saying generally positive things. Stuff like what? Oh, okay, let's dip in. Come on, let's dip into the comments section. It's always a slightly dangerous affair, isn't it, to dip into the comments section of any YouTube video because, oh, you find some weird stuff there sometimes. But no, not on not on my videos, of course. Uh, let's see what I've got. Paolo said, incredible, these guys are legend. Meaning it should be these guys are legends. By the way, listeners... You can describe someone as a legend. So, like, Christian is a legend. Not just Christian is legend, but Christian is a legend. Or, in this case, these guys are legends. Epic interview. Nice one, thanks. Um, Urso3000 wrote, Two great teachers, thanks for all. That got 12 likes. Sergei Starkov. Wow, my two favourite teachers together. And so on and so forth. Which is um, Which is nice. It's always nice to get positive responses like that. You know, makes you feel good. And what's wrong with that? Nothing, especially these days. So um, check out the video version on YouTube. It's had uh, it's a pretty good response. Some people are requesting more video content. My position on this is that most of my content will always be audio. Um, oh, you, Luke, you use the word always. That's a confident step. I know. I've got to be careful about making bold statements like that. Oh, maybe I'll be proven wrong one day when I just do video. I don't know. But anyway, at the moment, uh, most of my content is audio because that's what I do. I make audio content. But every now and then, I'll do video versions of episodes and I'll stick them on YouTube as well uh, for your viewing pleasure. Uh, okay, so subscribe to Luke's English Podcast on YouTube and make sure you get notified when I publish a video episode. You, what, should we smack that like button, okay, guys? Yes, something along those lines. Don't forget to s- smack, slap, d- uh, destroy, whatever. Just pre- click. There you go. Click the, the like button, click the subscribe button, and click the little bell icon on YouTube as well because that generally will encourage the algorithms... Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gorithm and their son Al. Algorithm. Luke, no. No. Anyway, that encourages Algorithm to, um, you know, sort of promote the video and stuff like and promote my videos. I'm on 75,000. 75,000, is it? 
75,000 subscribers on YouTube now. Not bad. Not too bad at all. I mean, I've had the, I've had the, uh, uh, the channel for ages, for like a decade or more now. And a lot of those subscribers came from when I published those native speaker interviews in London uh, videos. And they, like a couple of them, have, have breached the 1 million views mark, which is cool. Anyway, 75,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube, which is nice. And if I get to 100,000 subscribers, then YouTube will give me a thing. Yep, they'll give me a sort of, a, a, what is it, like a kind of a, a plaque, a, a, a glass award with a silver or platinum or just metallic YouTube logo on it. Oh, I can't wait to get one of those. Will I ever get one, though? I don't know. Is it possible to get to 100,000? Um, I don't know. What I've been doing lately, and you, you'll see, is that as well as publishing my audio content, you know, um, into the podcast feed and the app and, you know, all that stuff, so it gets you get it on your podcast uh, app, I also put the audio onto YouTube as well these days. I mean, to be honest, if I'm going to hit the 100,000 subscribers mark and get that glass thing from YouTube, then... Um, I'd have to probably change my approach to using YouTube and just publish loads of videos, you know, on a regular basis. And everyone would subscribe and like and comment and stuff. And uh, YouTube's algorithm would um, promote me and then I'd get to 100,000. And if, you know, I'd have to do more live streams and things. But anyway, like I'm trying to say, I do audio content. That's mainly what I do. Uh, But subscribe on, on YouTube uh, where you can get the audio episodes as well, often with automatic subtitles, which is quite good. And um, what else? Also, you'll get uh, any video, like proper video content that I uh, publish. That's a good way of getting it. I'll probably tell you on the podcast too if I make videos and publish them. So also the episode before last, that's episode 685, um, has had some really interesting comments on the website. I'm not going to read them out now. That's another episode for another time. Maybe the next time I do uh, a bilingual children episode. Um, yes, that uh, 685 was the episode about bilingual children in which we heard Alex from Moscow and his daughter Alice. Uh, very interesting to read the comments from Lepsters or Leplanders um, uh, who are also bringing up their kids to speak English. Go to the episode archive and find episode 685 and read the comments. It's all interesting stuff. I'll do more of those bilingual kids episodes at some point. It's a bit hard to mentally keep track of everything. I've got like so many different episode series that I have to keep doing. Like, you know, there's like Rick Thompson Report, Jill's Book Club, Amber and Paul, this, that and the other. There are certain unfinished ones like 88 expressions, 88 English expressions that will confuse everyone. I did parts one and two. I haven't done part three yet. I know. It's just, uh, it's hard to keep track of everything. There's a lot, there are a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous, a lot of strands in this old dude's head, man. And that's a quote from the Big Lebowski film fans. The Big Lebowski is one of my favourite films, is what some of you are thinking and others are going, what's the, the big, the what? It's a film. I'll have to do a film club episode about it one of these days. Right then. Now, I promised in the title that I would talk about this Wispolep problem. Ooh, Dun, 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 a problem. So let me now talk about it. The Wispolep problem. Wispolep, this is why I should be on Luke's English podcast. That is the competition that I launched in episode 681. The deadline for sending in your entries was the 15th of October. So that's long gone now, that date. 
The deadline has passed. It's long gone. At this point, one person is going, what? What? I thought I had a day left. Ah, no, I thought it was the 31st of October. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, you're way behind. You haven't been listening to recent episodes. I'm sorry, but uh, I moved the date. It's the 15th of October. Uh, I do, you know, send me a message if you're desperate at this point, absolutely desperate, write to me and try to convince me. Actually, don't. The deadline was the 15th of October and that's it. (laughs) The door is closed. I'm sorry. Um, the results are not ready yet or anything like that. I know some of you are thinking the results are just, you know, I'm going to announce the winner any moment now. No, the results are not ready yet. You will still have to vote for your favourites and all that stuff. And at this point you're thinking, how can we vote? It's like, all right, steady on. Okay, just chill out. The voting's not ready yet either. Okay, all in good time. All the recordings that have been sent to me are sitting there in my inbox And I haven't had a proper chance to work on the next stage of the competition yet. Things take time around here. You know how it is. First of all, I should say that it was great to get all the entries. I've managed to listen to almost all of them. I should say that it's amazing to hear the voices of so many of my listeners. Uh, You know, some of them, obviously only a tiny portion of you, sent in the recordings because the vast majority of you are ninjas as we know and that's fine so only it's only tiny tiny portion of the audience have actually sent recordings which is okay it's inspiring to hear little snippets of people's stories of learning english with the help of this podcast in many cases that's also quite flattering some people have said nice things about the podcast which is very flattering for me personally that's not the point of the competition of course it's not just there just to flatter me or something like that the point was to encourage you to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and record something and send it in uh, also the point was to celebrate my audience a bit and also just to find a new guest with an interesting story to tell in an episode of the podcast I want to say a big well done for everyone who plucked up the courage to record a sincere entry into the competition. Well done. Some of them, some of the recordings are particularly inventive and, well, you will see when you finally get the chance to listen to them all. It's going to be very difficult to choose a winner because there are lots of really interesting people and I'm sure you're going to want to hear more from many of them. But the thing is, I have a bit of a problem. In fact, we have a bit of a problem with this competition. It's a logistical issue. The word logistical refers to the organisation of something complicated. So if you're talking about complicated organisation of things, that's logistics. It's not a major problem. It's not an end of the world type thing. It's not like a Tom Cruise jump out of a plane to save the universe, Mission Impossible type problem or anything like that. No, uh, no explosions or anything. It's quite a good problem, really. But still, I've been scratching my head and wondering what to do about it. And you're thinking, what is the problem, Luke? Can you get to the point? Okay, well, the problem is this. So I've had about 100 entries, okay, Right. Yes, you see the problem already. Some of you are like, yeah, we got it. Um, Each entry is about two minutes in length. That's about 200 minutes in total. And that's about three and a half hours if I play all the entries back to back without any pause or any comment from me between each one. And without any introduction from me, uh, it's going to be three and a half hours. And And I will have to do some kind of introduction at the start. 
because I'll need to explain the the voting process and stuff. So I will need to do an introduction and it will also be necessary for me to say the names of each person again between each recording uh, plus maybe one or two other things just to help you remember each person. So 200 minutes or 3.5 hours plus an introduction in which I explain the voting rules, etc. And little comments from me. That's at least four hours of audio, probably longer. And yeah, there you go. You can see the problem. It's too much, isn't it? It's too much audio for me to expect everyone to listen to. And I need I need everyone to listen to all of it because I want to do some kind of fair voting process for this. So, you see the problem? Now, don't get me wrong, I like doing long episodes, but this goes beyond that, especially since I would like every single two-minute entry to be heard, and you will need to remember which one or which ones are your favourites in order to vote for them on my website. Um, imagine, Imagine a presidential election with a hundred candidates. I know, it's a nightmare. I mean, just two candidates is sort of, is troubling enough. But um, imagine a president, it's just an example, right? Imagine a presidential election with a hundred candidates all presenting themselves to you one after the other. You'd never remember who they were, even if they were all extraordinary. You still wouldn't be able to remember them all. After the first, like, 30 crazy weirdos they would all just blend into each other and you just wouldn't be able to remember them. So so this is the issue. And By the way, I'm not saying that people who entered my competition are crazy weirdos, but I am suggesting that people who run for president are potentially crazy weirdos. Well, maybe one of them. Well, Kanye West says he wants to be president too. Anyway, can't get distracted by all that stuff. So this is the issue. Too many entries and it's become a bit of a logistical nightmare. And it's my fault, of course. I take full responsibility. I set the two-minute time limit for each recording because I thought that you would need that long to say something meaningful. But what did I expect, though? For some reason, I thought that not many people would enter. But I didn't. I don't know why I thought that. I should have known that I'd get at least 100 entries. I mean, even that is a tiny... Never mind. I should have known that I'd get, you know, uh, lots of entries. And you might be thinking, well, okay, Luke, a lot of entries, but what's really the problem? What's wrong? Um, Well, let's go through the options I have ahead of me now in terms of doing this, and we will see. And you might think, Luke, why are you telling us this? Well, first of all, transparency. I want everyone to know what's going on so that I don't get loads of messages from people asking me why I'm doing it this way and not that way. And why didn't you do this? And I thought that you would do that. And I'm disappointed with this. And why didn't you play my recording? And I thought you'd play them all. And I was disappointed by the last Star Wars film. And that's your fault as well. And English is too complicated because the spelling and pronunciation are weird. And there are too many accents. And I can't understand uh, native speakers, but I can understand you, Luke. And I don't understand the, the, the Russian joke. Can you explain it again? And why, 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 why? And all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I'm trying to um, preempt uh, those sorts of uh, things, uh, which is, you know, what happens if I don't explain stuff. So uh, to avoid confusion and uh, questions, I want you to know the situation like I do. I want you to see it through my eyes. <laughs> and I'm also, I'm curious to see what you think. And I'd like you to tell me your thoughts, because it can help me make the right decision. 
Although, to be honest, I think I've already made up my mind, to be honest. But anyway, still, I would like to have some input from you. But ultimately, I do maintain supreme executive power. So um, I will still do what I personally think is best. But nevertheless, I'm interested in your ideas and I want you to know my decision-making process. Some of you will think this is all unnecessary and that I'm overthinking it, but I disagree. I think it's necessary and I'm applying the appropriate amount of thinking and talking time to this. So there. Right. So the main things that we need to do are this, these, these things. These are the main things we need to do. First of all, I want you, the audience, to be able to hear all the entries that have been sent to me because I think people sent them to me with the understanding that they would be published for public scrutiny. So for some of you who are saying, just, Luke, just choose the 10 best ones and just chuck the others in the bin. So I don't really want to do that. I think the people who sent them to me sent them because they they understood that they would be published and that people would hear them. So there, so there's that. And also I want you to be able to vote for your favourites rather than it being just a solo decision from me. I can't take that kind of pressure. I can't just be the one who decides on his own. I need to, you know, this has to be a collective decision. Okay, okay. Also, I would like to give an introduction before playing all the entries, because there are things I need to say about the voting process and stuff like that. You've already mentioned that. You must never repeat yourself, Luke. Okay. Shouty person who who's over there can you just go and have a cup of tea or something and just maybe go for a jog just to calm down a bit okay who was that who was speaking that was me speaking to the person over there who who now has got bye i'm going out i'll be back later okay he's gone out he'll be back later anyway i want to do an introduction i'd also like to make a couple of little comments after some or all of the entries as well as repeating the names of the contestants All of those things will increase the time it'll take, of course. So we're looking at four hours plus in total. Yeah, I know. I know I've said that already. Uh, Luke, don't second guess yourself. Okay. (laughs) I thought that he'd gone out. Who's that? It's another person. the, The door is open. People keep coming in and making comments. Can you close the door, please? Okay, good. We're alone now. We won't be heckled anymore. So here are the different options which I'm considering. None of them are perfect because of the whole too many entries issue. By the way, saying too many does sound negative. But like I said before, this is quite a good problem in a sense. It's a bit like having too much chocolate in your cupboard or something or or too much cake. It's that kind of problem. Oh God, oh no, we've got too much cake. What are we going to do? When and how will we eat it all? We can't just throw it away, can we? You see, that's that. It's that kind of problem. Yes, you see, the cake metaphor is 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 good, isn't it? It's kind of good. What should we do with all this cake? We can't possibly eat it. Uh, give it to the homeless. Okay, mm, maybe the metaphor doesn't work because I can't give audio recordings to the homeless, can I? No, I can't. Dun 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 dun. That's someone knocking on the window. Yeah, open the window. Luke, get on with it. Oh, God. all right. So here are the options I'm considering. And I'll say right now that I think I'm going to choose option four. But anyway, here we go. Option number one is this. I play all of the entries in alphabetical order or chronological order in one single epically long episode. It it probably would be about four hours long or more, as I've said. So anyway, I could just 
put all of them into one massive episode, the longest episode in the history of episodes. Hmm. Now, the problem here is that this is obviously far too long, and it's just not a practical length for one single episode of the podcast, and the chances are most people will not listen to the whole thing, and most of the entries will not be heard, and so the voting will be unfair. So it's just it's not right. Option number two is I play all of the entries on the podcast, but in a series of episodes, and that series would all get uploaded pretty much on the same day. So it would be something like five or six episodes. The first one would be the introduction, and then the others would be like Wispolep 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, with about 20 entries in each episode. Each episode would be about 45 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like option one, but I've just divided it into five separate parts rather than one thing. Now, okay, so the problem with this is that it's more or less the same as option one, Will people listen to all the entries? Uh, The people in parts four and five might not get as much attention as the ones in the first part. So potentially people would listen to maybe parts one and two, but they wouldn't listen to three, four and five, you know. Also, I have to say that I, I have to be a bit careful about what I publish to my podcast feed. And this is maybe the bigger uh, issue here. Dropping five episodes of only competition entries into my podcast feed is not the greatest idea. And I say that as a podcaster, and podcasters must be fairly careful about what they publish. I have to be honest, I think that the majority of my audience probably aren't that invested in the competition and the entries. I think the vast majority of the the audience will be happy to listen to the final episode or maybe final episodes if I have some runners up in there too. But I think the early stages of the competition, you know, dumping five episodes of of this competition into the podcast feed, I think probably a lot of people would find that to be a bit sort of, well, not their cup of tea, you know. How do you how do I know this? Well, I have a survey on my website asking people to vote for their favorite types of episode. You can find that survey in the contact section on my website. Okay. And uh and this kind of episode, competition entries from listeners is actually the least popular type of episode that I do. I haven't done them very much, but nevertheless those are that's like the least voted for category of episodes in terms of what's your most pop what's your favorite type of episode the uh episodes where listeners um talk on the podcast in competitions that's like the least popular maybe it's just like i don't know because i haven't done them very many times people aren't aware of them but what for whatever reason they're just not that popular now i like doing them and i think they have value definitely but i have to make sure that I do it right, okay? I think that I think the reason that this type of episode got low votes in my survey is because the last time I did this, and that was, oh, how long ago was that? Maybe four or five years ago. It was called the Your English Podcast Competition, YEP. The last time I did this, I published all the entries from round one, and that was eight episodes in total, all in a row, so that, so, you know, my podcast feed suddenly had eight yep competition episodes in a row and it probably wasn't what a lot of people wanted in their podcast feed 
um, I shouldn't really do that again. You know, I was talking about podcasting wisdom earlier on, like the idea that, you know, certain things like you shouldn't publish uh, uh, two episodes too close to each other because people sort of forget about the the first one and you know just basic stuff like that that maybe as an audience member you don't really think about that much which i understand but anyway dumping five competition entry episodes into my podcast feed you know i don't know i might a lot of people might unsubscribe because they think this is not the content i subscribed for subscribed to for anyway subscribed to um, even though personally, I think there's a lot of value to it and I'm the teacher and I decide, but anyway, there you go. So that's option two. Moving on to option three, I choose, and this is option three, right? I choose what I think are the best entries and I create a short list of something like 20 entries out of the hundred that I've been sent. And I, and I play those 20 entries in one episode and I let people vote on just those 20. And the other 80 or, or whatever just never get heard. Hmm, it's a sad story. So the problem with that is probably 80, uh, yeah, 80 people's entries just get rejected and never get played or published in any way. And... Um, that's a pity and I think it would disappoint about 80 people who took the time to record something thinking that it would appear on Luke's English podcast and as a teacher you know I don't want to uh I don't want to make anyone feel bad all right there's nothing wrong with that is there no there's nothing wrong with that I don't think I ever said that all the entries were guaranteed to be played on the podcast, but I may have given that impression. Now, I know that I, I can just feel using the force. The force is telling me that there are people now internally screaming, just throw 80 of them in the bin, Luke. Come on, man up. And my response to that is no, I'm not going to do that. Um, okay, you asked me to man up. I hear I am manning up. Not that I like that expression, because, I mean, you know, whatever. But um, no, my decision is, no, I will not throw those 80 recordings away. I will publish them in some form or other. Okay, there you go. You want me to be strong-minded? There's me being decisive and strong-minded. So anyway, going back to option three, chucking out 80 or more of the recordings would essentially solve the main problem of there being too many entries. But I don't really want to just chuck 80 recordings in the bin. Those people recorded them, expecting them to be heard by more than just me. And there you go. I've made my decision. And that is that. So I'm not doing that. Which brings us to option four, which is this. So I create two rounds of voting. The first round is done on the website only meaning that all the entries are posted on my website, but not played in an episode of the podcast in round one. That way, the people who really want to listen to all the entries and vote for them can do it by going to the website and listening there. And it also means that I would still be publishing all the entries and not throwing them, throwing them in the bin. Um, and um, it would mean that I I post all the audio I would I would probably post all the audio as an unlisted YouTube video because the cool thing about doing that is that I can create timestamps for every entry making it much easier for you to find them and hear them. It wouldn't be a public YouTube video it would just be on my website but using YouTube's clever timestamping technology I would be able to, you know, 
write a big list with time stamps. So you can just click the time stamps and that takes you straight to that particular recording, which could be, a, you know, a, a, a convenient way for me to present the audio recordings to everyone. So this basically means that the people who want to hear them can, uh, but I don't have to put it all onto the podcast. And it means also I, I don't have to chuck them all in the bin. All of them. I mean, you know, the ones that, you know what I mean. So the episodes would all be available for listening on the website so that they are made publicly available and people could vote or can vote for their favourites there. The winners of the first round could be decided by a combination of votes from listeners on the website and my own choices. So it'd be a combination of those votes and my choices. And then round two would be something like the most popular 20 entries from round one. And all of them would be played in one episode of the podcast. I think that would be that would make good listening because those 20 would all be pretty interesting, I think. Uh, this would make it much easier for the whole audience to vote. The winner of round two would be interviewed on the podcast. And it might be possible to have some runners-up uh, featured in an, in an episode as well. Maybe like two runners-up so we'd have like the gold medal would have their own episode and then silver and bronze would have would be featured in an in an episode too but like shorter conversations um okay so which option do you prefer as i said before to be honest i'm leaning towards option four i think i'm going to choose option four but i'd also like to run it by you to see what you all think so what do you all think hmm Hmm. The chances are you'll all have different opinions and different advice, which is fine. I get the final say, remember, and you'll just have to trust me on that. But anyway, I'd like to just, you know, I'm just, what am I doing? I'm just running it up the flagpole to coin a phrase just to see what everyone thinks, even though I'm going to make the final decision. So let me just recap. Option one, one mammoth four hour episode with all the entries in it. Uh, No. Okay. Option two, one mammoth five-part Wispolep series. I don't really fancy that. Option three, I choose the top 20 entries and publish them and I just bin the rest, never to be heard by the public. Nah. And option four, put all the entries on the website and those people who want to listen to every single one can do it and they can vote too. And the most popular 20, let's say, will then be published in a single Wispolep episode for the second round of voting. The selection process will be based on a combination of the listener voting and my own judgment, which will probably be more or less the same thing I expect. Again, some of you will say that I'm overthinking this whole thing, but I'm just trying to do it properly and fairly. And I think I'm going to choose option four. But as I said, let me know your thoughts. Uh, Okay, you might have an idea for option five, for example. So feel free to share that. But do bear in mind that I also have to limit the time and cost that's involved on my side for this. For example, you know, if your idea for option five could be for me to do a YouTube live stream in which I play all the entries one by one with some comments from me after each one, some sort of, you know, marathon live stream. Well, that could be fun, but it would also mean me live streaming on YouTube for a lot more than four hours, probably. And it's rare that I ever get four hours, four free consecutive hours in my life these days. 
So that would just not be practical from my side. And you might be thinking, but Luke, do it at night. That would be funny. No, no, I'm sorry. I need my beauty sleep. Okay, so that is the end of the whole Wispolep problem part of this episode. Um, I could just stop here, couldn't I? I could, but I'm, I'm not going to. I'm now going to move on to um, another section. This is kind of where I do a bit of sort of bit of English teaching in a moment. Actually, first, we're going to talk about my name. And my name is Luke, L-U-K-E. Uh, not Luck, not Look, not Mr. Luke, uh, not Luke with a lowercase l. And it's not Luke's either with an apostrophe s. Hello, Luke's. No, that's it's no, my name is Luke. It's Luke's English podcast because it's the podcast that belongs to me. But my name is not Luke's. Although people often write, hello, Luke's. Like, nah, okay, that's not my name. So yes, I want to talk again about how my name is spelled. Um, I've been doing this podcast for about 11 and a half years, nearly 700 episodes, in fact, a lot more. And I'm still talking about how to spell my name. Um, I remember saying this in episode one of the podcast, the first podcast I ever did, I, I said this. But, you know, to be fair to my audience people sort of start listening. You know, I've got quite a high turnover. I get new people coming in quite a lot and they haven't heard all those other things. And so I sort of have to bring people up to speed every now and then. So my name is Luke, L-U-K-E, pronounced Luke, okay? People often spell my name Luck, L-U-C-K, which is quite nice, but that is not my name. And I just thought the other day, I thought, oh, maybe this is autocorrect, Maybe this is people's phones or computers that are automatically, helpfully, being really helpful and correcting the word Luke to the word luck. So you're there innocently writing, hello, Luke, spelt correctly, and your phone goes, no, I don't think that's a word. I think you mean luck. And then your phone helpfully corrects it to luck. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe it's just autocorrect. But anyway... I would say this, uh, proofread your emails and comments before you send them. And this is advice for everyone. This is not just me patronisingly telling you what to do. This is a general reminder for everyone, including me. Um, Right? Do you do that? Do you proofread your emails, messages, texts and stuff? Um, We should do that, shouldn't we? Sometimes I write an email or I write a comment and I'll write it on my phone and my stupid thumbs and clumsy thumbs are all over the keyboard and I, I'm in a rush and I click send and then I realised I've sent some absolute nonsense. <laughs> my stupid thumbs have written complete nonsense or my phone has misunderstood what I've tried to type and has written some more bollocks as well. Uh, and then it's like, oh God, uh, and simply proofreading what I'd written would solve that issue. So it's a good habit to get into. Just proofread, meaning just check it again. Read it again and check that you've spelt everything correctly, especially the name of the person that you're writing to. Um, we all do this. It's just good to remember to proofread. So going back to, uh, you know, uh, luck, uh, people writing luck or something else. This whole luck English postcard thing 
might just be a conspiracy by computers and phones that are just trying to make the world a better place by helping us with our spelling. And yes, postcard, P-O-S-T-C-A-R-D, is often what people type when they mean post... uh, When they... uh, I'm even, even doing it now. Postcard is often what people type when they mean podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Maybe that's because they think the word is is postcard. It's the sort of word that people learn in lower level English classes. So maybe people are innocently just typing postcard because they haven't realised it's podcast. Or it's because your computer doesn't have very good English and it's helpfully autocorrecting podcast to postcard. I don't know. Having said that, I remember many, many times when I was actually called luck, look, luku, or rook even, or whatever, by learners from around the world that I have actually met in the real world. But again, that's probably because it's hard to pronounce Luke, or people don't realise that Luke, L-U-K-E, is actually a name, and they think that my name is Luck, which is quite cute. I mean, for example, if I was learning Chinese or Russian or, in fact, any other language with words that look different to English, then I'm sure that I would make similar errors and worse, probably. I, I think I do it in French. I think I ty- you know, type things wrong in French just because, you know, it's a different language, isn't it? It's like a totally different language and everything. Basically, what I'm saying is I forgive you. You're all, obviously, you're all forgiven. But please do remember to proofread your emails and comments. All right. Now, another language point here is uh, making, I'm right, I'm typing this now into the notes, making polite requests. Does this all sound a bit passive aggressive? Like it's all stuff that really pisses me off. And then I'm, I'm, you know, everything's nice and happy, but I'm actually really pissed off. Um, Maybe it does sound a little bit uh, passive aggressive. I mean, you know, total transparency. Okay. Um, um, what's the phrase that people use here? Um, uh, I can't remember. Oh, hold on. That's it. Full disclosure. Full disclosure, right? Um, I, I have to say, when I do, let's say I'm in a rush or I'm just in a stressed out moment in my day, whatever it is, maybe I'm just, you know, the, you know, you check your phone, you check your messages when you're sort of in the queue at the supermarket or something and it's a slightly stressful moment. We don't all have peaceful, tranquil lives. We're, we're dealing with lots of things. So I might be reading my phone, reading stuff on my phone in moments like that. And I'll, you know, get a message that says, dear teacher luck, um, make more videos, you know, and uh, I do find that kind of thing a little bit annoying. That's normal, isn't it? But I mean, I'm also willing to just take a moment to think and go, all right, it's not worth getting annoyed about that. It's probably just autocorrect or just someone doesn't know or it's just, a, you know, it's because it's a different language, blah, blah, blah. You know, you live and learn, don't you? I mean, you can't just go around getting annoyed by everything all the time, although getting annoyed by things is a normal human response. So if you're thinking, how angry is he about it, really? Well, I'm angry like this. Oh, that's not. Oh, oh it's all right. That's it. OK, so. Another language point here with reference to people getting in touch with me is this, making requests. People often request certain things from me. And this would be in comment sections or just just on social media, email, stuff like that. 
Like, for example, um, imagine they're very keen to hear me talk about a, a certain topic. So it could just be like this. Luke, make an episode about Peaky Blinders. Or Luke, do more videos. Or Luke, publish an episode about Ricky Gervais. And honestly, when I read that, probably in the queue at the supermarket or something, my first reaction is, no. (laughs) No, I will not. No one tells me what to do. Well, except maybe my daughter and my wife and my boss at work and the government. And well, okay, fine. Some people do tell me what to do. But, you know, you get the point. Uh, That's kind of how it feels. No. Like, Luke, do this. No. (laughs) No, I will not. (laughs) Um, even though I would quite like to do an episode about Peaky Blinders or Ricky Gervais, and I like doing videos when I can, my first stressed out, overloaded mind trying to not cat, trying to not catch, uh, COVID in the supermarket, um, that reaction is, no, don't tell me what to do. And I, I think this is probably just because of the way the request has been presented to me. Okay, it's the way the request has been worded. It makes a big difference. And I think this is not just me. This is normal human uh, behavior. Okay, in most cases, when people request things from me, I'm sure that they're being very well-meaning and there's no malice behind it at all. Quite the opposite. So if someone says, Luke, make more videos, it doesn't mean, Luke, all your audio content is shit. That's not what they mean. You know, they just mean, I really enjoyed this video. Could you do more things like that? And that would be great. Yay, nice. People are usually showing their enthusiasm and it's motivated by positive feelings. They like the podcast. They would love to hear something about Peaky Blinders or whatever it is from me. So what I'm saying is, thank you, but please do think about how you word your requests. And this is general advice for you to take away with you and apply it to the way you uh, use English in general, not just in your interactions with me. So think about, think of the difference, right, between a request and an order or an imperative, okay? So a request on one hand and an order or an imperative on the other hand. Requests are polite, or at least they should be, whereas orders are not really polite. Orders are what the police do. Okay, for example, get in the back of the van. Uh, You know, a very, very direct command. You know, like, do this, do that, get in the back of the van. If you're a Withnail and I fan, maybe that will strike a chord with you. Get in the back of the van. Um, So the police order you around. Now, I could get into the fine details and all the linguistic specifics, but this is not LEP premium, so let's just keep it simple. An order or an imperative, okay, would be this. Make an episode about Ricky Gervais. Okay, that's an order. Now, even your boss at work, to be honest, doesn't use imperatives. Okay, your your boss is, well, certainly my boss, in my experience, it's unli- your boss is unlikely to just say, do this. They'll probably sugarcoat it somehow. So an example of what your boss probably wouldn't say or write would be this. Luke, write this report and send it to me by 5pm Friday. And also, come come in to work on Sunday. We need you. It's unlikely that your boss is going to say that. But, you know, if you work in a horrible place with a boss who doesn't care about your feelings even a little bit, maybe you'll get that. But usually bosses will at least sugarcoat their requests a little bit 
to help the medicine go down. You know, they would probably, you know, your boss would probably write something like this um, or even say, it like, if you can wrap up this report and ping it to me by the end of play on Friday, that would be great. And I'm afraid you're going to have to come in on Sunday. Yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, I'll see if I can get you a day off later in the year, maybe, but I'm afraid you will have to come in on Sunday. Sorry about that, Luke. Okay. So anyway, let's consider how to turn an imperative, you know, do this, do that, get in the back of the van, into a simple and polite request. So the imperative might be, Luke, make a new video with Amber and Paul. So how can you make that more polite? Obviously, you could add please to that, because we all know, don't we, that adding please makes it more polite, right? Mm, Kind of. So it would be, Luke, please make a new video with Amber and Paul. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a little bit better. But but adding please to an order, honestly, isn't really enough. Because it's still an order. And it just sounds a bit like you're a rich person giving commands to a member of staff. Please do this. Uh, Please clean all the tables. Even if you're saying please... It's still, it's still an order, isn't it, at the end of the day? Or at the beginning of the day? Or the middle of the day? In the middle of the afternoon? In the early afternoon? Late evening? It's still an order. Um, also, adding thanks, you might think, well, maybe I can put thanks at the end. And that's nice, isn't it? Well, adding thanks at the end, I think, makes it sound a bit dismissive and a little bit rude even when you're still basically using an order. For example, Luke, please reunite the Beatles on the podcast. Thanks. Like, Don't say thanks. I haven't done it yet. Saying thanks for something before it's been done, I think, sounds a bit pushy. Um, I mean, it's, it's like assuming it's going gonna, it's gonna to be done. We sometimes write thanks in advance at the end of an email with a request in it, but it can still come across as a bit pushy. And at this point, I'm thinking... I need to do an online course about writing emails, don't I? I really should do that. I'm just going to add that to the big, ever-growing list of things I should do. An online course about writing emails with Luke from Luke's English Podcast. That would be good. Luke, (laughs) please write an online course about writing emails. Thanks. Hold your horses. If that's what you're about to write to me, just hold on. And just let me finish my point here. So the issue here is with the structure. Any imperative structure still sounds quite rude, even if you add lots of stuff at the start or at the end, because it's still an imperative. It's still an order. Okay, so here are some other options. Luke, please consider making an episode about James Bond. Okay, this is quite good. You've added please consider, right, which is, you know, a nice bit of hedging. Uh, but you're still ordering me to do it. Please do this. Please consider making an episode about James Bond. You're still ordering me to do it. And it also, the, the assumption there is that I've never considered making an episode about James Bond. Here's me just with my mind with no James Bond in it and no hint of consideration of an episode about James Bond. And you're, please consider making, uh, oh, okay. You know, maybe I've already considered that. Or, in fact, maybe I've already done it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Another one would be this. Luke, if you have time, please consider making an episode about James Bond. Okay. Um, 
We've got more hedging here. By the way, hedging is when you add things at the beginning or maybe at the end of the main statement. Um, if you have time, please consider making an episode about James Bond. If you have time is a thoughtful thing to add. But again, this is still an order, isn't it? The structure there is still an imperative. So adding, please consider, or if you have time, please consider those things are better, but this is still not what I'm looking for. And you might be thinking, well, Luke, what are you looking for? Please tell us. Well, okay. Um, You need to make your request into a question, all right? And to cut a long story short, I just recommend that you add could you at the start and please at the end. That's it. That's probably enough. And don't forget the question mark as well if you're writing. Obviously, you don't need to do a question mark if you're speaking. You don't need to do a question mark with your finger in the air <laughs> when you're speaking. Lou, could you could, could you make an episode about James Bond? <laughs> that's your finger doing a question mark in the air. No, obviously. Haha. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. Um, anyway, could you blah, 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 please. Very simple. Luke, could you make an episode about Ricky Gervais, please? This is much better. It just comes across as much more polite and nice. And I don't feel like I'm being ordered to do something. Uh, I'm more willing to have an instantly positive response to that. So I'm in the supermarket. I don't know. Just check my phone. I'm in the queue. Mm -hmm. People queue jumping me. Oh, don't get stressed out. Oh, he's not wearing a mask properly. You've got to put it over your nose, not just over your mouth. Uh, all right, check my check my phone, check my phone. And then someone says, Luke, could you make an episode about Ricky Gervais, please? I'll be like, mm, all right, not a bad idea. You see? Whereas, Luke, please make an episode about Ricky Gervais. Mm, no, no. I think you understand my point. Even better than this, Luke, could you make an episode about Ricky Gervais, please? Even better than that would be a bit more hedging. Remember, this means adding things before or after the main statement. By the way, hedging is spelled H-E-D-G-I-N-G. Look it up. Google, what is hedging? Uh, What is hedging, he says, typing it. Oh, dear. We've got hedge funds, investing. That's not what we're talking about. Not financial, not in the world of trading or finance. Okay. What is hedging in linguistics? What is hedging in linguistics? Da, 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 da. Uh, what do linguistic hedges do? Oh, dear. What am I doing? Uh, is this unnecessary? Uh, a hedge is a marker of uncertainty in language. It's not just uncertainty. Okay. I'll go with my original opinion. You know, I should trust myself on these things instead of having to, like, Google it on the podcast. Not that I needed to. I was just simulating you Googling it, wasn't I? Anyway, hedging, just adding stuff. Sometimes it's used to express uncertainty. Sometimes it's used to create indirectness or politeness. Okay, so we could add more hedging to could you make an episode about Ricky Gervais, please? Uh, Just to show a bit more respect, you know? you got to show me respect. you got to show me respect. You know, you imagine you're talking to Don Corleone or Robert De Niro or something. you got to show me respect. If you don't show me enough respect in your emails, you're going to get whacked. Okay, so now, you know, you don't have to go too far. You don't have to layer on the respect like tons of butter 
or anything. You don't have to go too far. This is this is where this is an example now of you going too far. Luke, your podcast is a work of genius, unrivaled in all forms of art, culture, and human endeavor. And I'm certain that in your infinite wisdom, you have considered all possible topics for an episode of your esteemed podcast. Having said that, and I pose this most humble of requests to you with the deepest level of respect, sir, would it be at all possible if you could consider spending even a tiny speck of your most valuable time on the consideration of an episode devoted to the subject of Richard Gervais. I'm certain that you would bring new insights and depth to this topic, and that all other commentary on it would pale in comparison to the profound work that you would undoubtedly produce. Right, obviously that's far too much, but you could do this. Hi Luke, thanks for your episodes. I particularly enjoy the ones about comedy, especially the the one you did about Carl Pilkington. Could you do an episode about Ricky Gervais at some point? please. I'd really like to hear your thoughts on his stand-up and TV shows. Don't know if you've already considered that, but it would be really interesting to hear your thoughts. Uh Uh-huh. Or, more simply, Luke, could you do an episode about Ricky Gervais, please? Okay. I think I've made my point, haven't I? I know. I know that online culture these days is to just put things in the simplest and quickest way possible. But let's not abandon the pragmatics of politeness in the process. And this is not just me, by the way. I'm not just ultra sensitive or anything. This is a cultural thing. And I think it's true across the English speaking world. If you're making a request, could you blah, 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 please. Some of you might think that my comments here are way too much and that it's completely mad, unnecessary and oversensitive to phrase your requests like this. But if you want my professional opinion, I would say this is the right way to do it. And that is it. Okay, so just to recap, if you're requesting something from me, could you add, could you at the start and please at the end, please. Nice one. Okay, moving on. Um, I'm now going to read out an inspiring message from Daniel E.R. on Facebook. He wrote this to me every now and then I get these messages, which I find inspiring. Usually in, these are stories of um, Lepster's who've improved their English and maybe um, sort of managed to get over various obstacles and barriers that they found in their way, um, stopping them from reaching their potential in English. So a little success story. And Daniel took the time to write this to me. And Daniel took the time to write this to me on Facebook um, recently. And I liked reading it so much that I thought that I would read it out. Uh, there might be a few little errors in here. I I haven't fully sort of uh, done a language analysis of it. Uh, I might have to correct some things as we go, but we will see. You can see this um, original uncorrected uh, message on uh, the page for this episode. And by the way, errors are okay. You know, they're all right. I mean, you know, connection, not perfection, as we know. All ears English fans will know. It's connection, not perfection. Obviously, we want... We want perfection, but you shouldn't wait for perfection before you start communicating in English. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. You've got to just start at some point. So, you know, there you go. That's my stance on errors. Um, I'm, you know, they're not the, not the end of the world. Cambridge exams, you know, if, if, um, if they're a benchmark of anything, Cambridge exams, when people are... Um, um, when people are examining uh, writing 
papers from IELTS or CAE or whatever it is. Um, accuracy in English, that's getting things right, uh, not making mistakes. Accuracy is one of the factors in the assessment process, but it's not the most important one. More important are things like uh, the effect on the reader, like does the reader basically understand what you're trying to say? Uh, have you managed to convey uh, more subtle layers of, of meaning, emotion, um, subtlety and so on like, uh, and, and things like that? Have you basically achieved the task? Does your writing uh, fit together as a coherent whole? And if there are errors in there, I mean, are they are they serious errors that make it impossible to understand what's being said or are they just like little slips and things like that so um errors and accuracy are are not the first most important thing in the assessment process for cambridge exams so that's just a reflection of you know whether or not they're important anyway let me read out daniel's message i can't remember if it's got lots of errors in it but we'll see it certainly had an impact on me when i read it so dear luke I'm not sure whether you'll have time to read this comment, but here it goes anyway. Three years ago, I got a ticket to Australia. With no English at all, I was determined to have an amazing adventure. I live in another country and obviously um, I, I want to learn English. To be honest, it was really hard at the beginning. Okay, so, so Daniel went to Australia. To be honest, he says, it was really hard at the beginning. I had to play music in the street, uh, busking to earn some cash, and I felt bad when I couldn't say what I thought to the kind people of Australia. I know how you feel, Daniel. Um, it can be tough, that, when you just can't express yourself, um, and as a result, you just, you know, you just can't be a, a completely fully rounded person, can you? It's it's difficult, that. When you can't uh, express your appreciation, for example, when people are being kind to you, uh, you know, when you want to express the complex feelings that you've got, or if you've got to express a complex situation and you can't do it, it's immensely frustrating. So this is what uh, Daniel was going through. He had to resort to playing uh, music in the street in order to get his money. And it must have been very frustrating not to be able to express himself and to show his appreciation for the kindness that he experienced in Australia. Uh, Daniel continues, six months went by like nothing. So I grabbed my backpack and accordion and took a road trip towards the north of Australia, Queensland. I could get a job in a resort as uh, maintenance, meaning sort of pocket money. And by the way, here's a correction. I would say I was able to get a job. Okay, if you say I was able to do it, it means that you probably did it. I could do it means that I had the ability to do it, but we don't know whether you did it or not. So I was able to get a job, I would say, Daniel. I'm just going to add that here in the notes. I was uh, able to um I was able to get a job in a in a resort as maintenance meaning just to kind of pay his his rent and stuff although I've got to say and another another correction here not I got to say but I've got to say so you can write gotta g o t t a it's a sort of informal way of saying got to but you've got to include have you can't just in my opinion I don't think you should say I gotta or you shouldn't write I gotta you've got to write I've Gotta. All right. So anyway, that's my opinion. Maybe that's just a British English thing. Anyway, I've got to say that the Australian English is a thing. Yes, it is definitely a thing. Um, all of them helped with my English. They were really patient with me. Um, most of the time, though, I was sad, says Daniel. 
People speak too fast. What is that accent from? Like, where is that accent from? No. Um, where is that accent from? Or what is that accent? Uh, what do you mean by smoko, mate? The Aussies will say that. Yeah, you're just going to have a smoko. Do you want to come outside for a smoko? A smoko is a smoke break, a cigarette break. Aussies love to put like O at the end of everything. It's like their, their way of turning everything into a nickname. Yeah, we're going to go outside for a smoko, meaning we're going to go outside to have a smoking break, a cigarette break. Uh, so Daniel was going, what, what do you mean by smoko, mate? And it was then I found your podcast. I had lots of time to listen to Spotify while I was fixing something at the resort. So I took advantage of that. This really helped me a lot. I couldn't be more grateful. I won't forget episode 297 called Be Positive, as I listened to it just on time, just when I was feeling that this fight wasn't worth it. Oh, really, Daniel? We've all been there, right? Haven't we? We've all been there. We've all been in a situation where you're just like kind of suffering and it's all miserable and you're sad every day and you're just like, I'm going to give up. I'm just, this is not working out for me. This is not, just not happening. I'm going to give up. I can't do it. And it's a failure, right? We've all been on the precipice of total failure. Some of us have gone all the way over the edge of it. Uh, And Daniel was certainly in that position. And, well, I'm happy to say that it was at that moment that he listened to episode 297, which was called Be Positive, just when he was feeling that the fight wasn't worth it. Um, So... Daniel continues, now being fully aware that my English is not the best one, it is at least functional. And that's the point of all this, isn't it? Yes, it is. We must keep improving. But at the end of the day, you should be nicer to yourself. I mean that we have to recognise the achievements done so far. I agree too, Daniel. And this, I think, goes back to what Christian and I were saying. And it's something I need to say to myself as well. I'm, I'm always beating myself up about my French because, well, so, okay, uh, just a little sidetrack tangent here. Immersion, right? I'm immersed to an extent in France in the sense that I live in France and when I step out of my front door, it's all French, French, French. Like, they're all speaking French all the time. I know. Um, So, in a sense, I'm immersed. But also, immersion can be really tough. It can be really punishing. And, you know, we've all got that friend or we've all heard that person who said, who's got, you know, we've all got a friend in our lives who speaks amazing, you know, an amazing language. It could be English. And you're like, how, oh my God, their English is so good. And you ask them, how did you do it? And they just say, I just, I lived in London for, for like, you know, six months and just, you know, worked in a cafe and bang, I got amazing English. I don't know. Maybe for some people it's a bit of a breeze, but I'm also certain that, um, those people, you know, they they went pretty quickly through some some major challenges, and they were forced to to uh, to try and live through it. Um, some people have to try and cope with a lot of other things in their lives, as well as the acquisition of of a language in difficult in a difficult situation. And you know, if you're suffering from I don't know whatever it is, maybe I don't know what's going on in your life, but some people have a lot of stuff going on, you know, a big mental load, maybe emotional difficulties or financial difficulties, and it does make it difficult. Okay, so um, I agree with Daniel, and I'm saying this to myself that um, you've got to be a bit nicer to yourself. You've got to give yourself a bit of a chance sometimes. Um, okay, just be good to yourself. 
don't smash yourself over the head if you feel like your language learning is not going swimmingly okay um so let's continue with what daniel was saying he said we must keep improving but at the end of the day you should be nicer to yourself i mean that we have to recognize the achievements done so far so that's that thing about you're on the mountain try not to look up at at the distance you've got to go try and do it one step at a time but sometimes looking down as long as you don't get scared because you're on a mountain looking down can be quite impressive because you think, wow, I made, I've made all this progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, be positive. Uh, Daniel continues, I'm back in my country, Chile, and I could get an amazing job. There we go. Again, I was able to get an amazing job. That's all right, though. Uh, that's all right. We're learning. We live and learn. I was able to get... Okay because this means that he actually did it, not just that he had the ability to do it. I was able to get an amazing job uh, where... mm, Is it a job where I speak English? A job in which I speak English? Daniel's written a job in where I speak English. I would say it's a job um, where I speak English or in which. I'm going to say in which. Um, To get an amazing job in which I speak English all day long. And you don't know how awesome that is to me. It's true, Daniel, I don't know how awesome that is to me, but I'm guessing that it's really pretty awesome. (laughs) Um, I honestly believe, says Daniel, that maybe you are not fully aware of what what you actually do. You help people to achieve their dreams. So be proud of all your efforts, because we, your listeners, will be eternally grateful. Uh, Thank you, Daniel. Um, I'll try to remember that. Next time I'm, I don't know what, looking at my computer going, ah, (laughs) for whatever reason, you know. Um, If someone out there is reading this comment, says Daniel, and you're feeling frustrated and sad, just keep going. You can do this. It's not impossible. And you have everything you need to learn this beautiful language. The key is... In my opinion, says Daniel, you must be willing to go through the tough and uncomfortable moments that are on this path. You will remember them since they are the ones that teach us the most. And Daniel is saying, I'm quite sure I wrote that badly. Ha 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 ha. Actually, Daniel, not that badly. It was good. And Daniel continues, thanks a lot for everything. And I'll certainly be listening to the podcast. A huge hug from Chile. Daniel in Santiago, Chile. Daniel, huge hug back. Everyone's having a big podcasting hug now. Ah, oh, yeah, I know it gets emotional, doesn't it? Sometimes. Oh, I'm not crying. I'm not crying. You're crying. No, I'm not crying. You're crying. Who's crying? Okay, we're all crying. Oh, it just feels inappropriate to add anything else at the end, doesn't it? I mean, you know, what can I say? I was gonna, I was gonna make us. I was gonna say something about. Advice for listeners on how to listen. Should you listen to them from the start or from the most recent episodes? I'll just let you decide that on your own. Um, I was also going to mention that I am working on some premium content, which will arrive soon, and that this premium content will be audio premium episodes and hopefully some pronunciation videos too. So there you go, premium lepsters. If you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs thinking, I want more premium content, where is it? I'm hungry, yum, 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 please. Then there you go, it's coming soon. If you want to, listeners, if you want to get involved in LEP Premium, 
um, then go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. All right. But Daniel, well done, mate. Well done. Really good job. And everyone else, hang in there. Keep going, okay, with your English, even when things get tough. Okay, when it gets tough, that's that's when you, you have to lean in. Okay, because that's when you start making progress. When it's when you start to feel the pain, when the feet when you're feeling the burn, that's when you're making progress. And I'm saying that to myself too. Okay, we can do it. Yes, we can in our language learning, in our language learning journey. Sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true. Okay, I'm going to finish now. But I'm, before I finish, I'm going to sing a song. Sing a song. Um, so I'm going to sing a song and I'm going to try and do Fly Me to the Moon, which is probably most famous for being recorded by Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Is my guitar in tune is the question. I think it sounds all right. I think it's good enough. I think it's probably okay. It's some people out there who've got perfect pitch, some amazing musicians out there listening to this are thinking, no, oh, your G string is slightly out of tune, uh, Luke. I don't know, is it? It'll do, okay? It'll do. There's the, you know, okay. I'm not the greatest musician. It doesn't matter. All right. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and sing Fly Me to the Moon. And can I do this? Yes. Uh, okay. I'm talking about the lyrics on the uh, on, on my computer here. This is quite good because it's quite a compact song. All the lyrics and chords fit on one page. So I don't have to bother about scrolling around. spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, baby kiss me. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, please be true. In other words, I love you.
my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, please be true. In other words, in other words. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I'll speak to you again very soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.